Welcome to the Fast Lane. Nick Miles is our auto expert. So drop it into gear. You've got a green flag. Here's Nick. You know, uh, I know SEMA was a little while ago, but we're still high off of the fumes uh, and the burning rubber. And I've been washing bits and pieces of car out of my hair all uh, last week. It was a smoky, amazing experience. And I can't wait uh, until I don't do it again. It, it's so many people. You've never been to SEMA, have you, Jen? No, I didn't get a chance to go this year. Um, it's crazy. 160,000 people. And you get to touch every one of them. Awesome. Whether you want to or not. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't want to. <laughs> That's are, next year. Yeah. Next year. There are these people I have made fun of for years at SEMA who rent scooters. And the scooters that you would normally see a person who was unable to to mobilize themselves, a mobility scooter, they rent them, they clearly don't need them, but they kind of do. Ryan does. The show had 45 of them. You should have 45 one. 45 of them for rent, but there was more than that there. You put all your video cameras was, and stuff in a little B-Y-O-C, basket. It was BYOC, yeah. <laughs> Bring your own... Chair. Electric cart. <laughs> chair, um, yeah. It... It's a crazy show, and I know it, people would say to me things like, oh, yeah, well, run this chip over to, to Northall, all right? I'll be back in three hours. <laughs> That's how long it takes me to run a, a video chip over to Northall. It's, it's a long way, and uh, Ryan and I, how many tra- uh, monorails do we have to wait just to get out of there? How many came and went? Six? Oh, just for one one way, it was probably like four or five that we had to wait for. So uh, when you leave, the easiest way to go is monorails, because if you want to take a YouTube or an Uber... A YouTube. Or a, a, a YouTube. A lift. You're not heard of YouTube rides? Off the board. If you want to take a lift or an Uber, you have to go to designated lots. And the designated lots at SEMA are... <laughs> Uh, such a long way away. They're, they're like, honestly, it can take you 15 minutes to walk to the place you have to get a cab. And they, they changed it this year. For security reasons, they blocked off a whole bunch of streets. And so it was tough. So anyway, um, we decided to use the monorail to and fro. And we were given passes to the monorail, thanks to our hosts, Nissan. And we waited for the monorail, but they had a bar. This is how busy the monorail is. They had a bar. At the base of the monorail, <laughs> and like, your drink was gone before you made it to the second, the second cow herding at yeah. the top. <laughs> so it was like people were buying from the bar while standing in line. I mean, it's Vegas, so those it's things right. happen. It's shows, you know, shows like SEMA. If you have no idea what we're talking about, SEMA is the largest aftermarket show in the world. So if you're looking for bumpers or lights or engines or a paint or anything, if your car isn't cool enough already. Exactly, then is where you. If you want to make your car look really silly, as some people do, (laughs) first of all, 8% of Americans, men, are colorblind, 5% of women, but 8% of men are colorblind, and every single one of those colorblind people made a car at SEMA this year. Awesome. There were some cars that were just unbelievably disgusting. I mean, they were awful. I was I, I was looking at these cars going, what's wrong with you? Why did you paint it that color? 
Like it hurt. Ryan, didn't some of those cars hurt your eyes? Not only the color, but some of the some of the designs. It's like I totally understand lifting your truck up in the air, but why do you got deep dish rims on your truck? Where are you gonna <laughs> yeah. go with those rims? If you've They're ever had so a, heavy with mud, <laughs> if you've had a ha- ever had a sick child and wanted to decorate your car in the same color as things that have come from your child, just don't do it. Oh it was awful. It was just. I mean, they were really awful. I mean, there was, and some of them were so bright. They they fi- so go out and find a color that hurts to look at, like. Hot pink. Oh, the hot pink was, I mean, those, they were difficult. You know when uh, you go through the crayon box when you're a kid and all yes. the crayons are gone except for those those couple of colors? Those are what they paint the cars. Okay, let me guess. Lime green. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Orange. Lime oh. yellow. Lime yellow. <laughs> so they do these things with the cars. <laughs> right? They do these things with the cars where they, they'll take like uh, uh, a lifted Jeep. Maybe it's lifted like 10 inches, eight, six inches. A lifted Jeep Wrangler. And they'll paint it purple, a really violent color of purple, and really shiny with metallic in it. <laughs> and then they'll inlay like paisley patterns inside, but a slightly pinker purple. <gasps> and so you're looking at ooh, and with ooh on it, and it's like ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> And they spent uh, how and much like on this paint job? Deep dish wheels oh. that look like, I don't know, a bomb crater. And it was just, it, I don't know what's wrong with people. But there was lots of beautiful cars too. Oh, I'm sure. And lots of, uh, you know, burning and drifting. and It's cool because there's cars for everyone. I was explaining to Jen in the elevator. When you go there, you can totally tell when you look at somebody what kind of car they're going to look at. Like Jen, when she goes there, what kind of car she would look at. Yeah, he is <laughs> profiling you can do, me. You can do but that you were there. wrong. He told me, he said I would be all in the truck world. And actually, where did I tell you I'd be? Where? And with the old school cars, like yeah, but those are kind of tucked in and, and they're scattered. They're just, yeah, they're there were some super cool old school cars at SEMA. Like there was this 1968 um, Dodge that they put the new Elephant 1,000 horsepower engine into the 68. It was beautiful. It looked like something. You know, I was thinking of um, like some of those CW TV shows where they have um, they have cool cars in them. Some of those kind of like detective shows or whatever. There's 19, mm-hmm. and they're all muscled out mm-hmm. and they're black. And See, dark. I, I'm all over they that. They gurgle and burble, and it, and it it did. It looked. I think this is Dodge's good. response to the bullet, you know, because this is the car from the bullet. Well, you can ask because we are going to have Dodge wah, on later wah, today. The elephant <laughs> in the room. <laughs> uh, what do we got coming up on the show today? We're going to get to talk to Ron Kino. He's from Subaru. You know the new Subaru Forest. Forrester uh, can recognize you when you get in. It profiles you. Looks whoa, at you. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. It profiles you. Yeah, it profiles you. It's my favorite uh, car. Ryan, did you to, program that? <laughs> we're going to talk to my TV partner from Fox of Friends, Mike Cadell. He's going to talk about some of the stuff that we covered on the TV show, including a uh, truck which makes pizza, by the way. And uh, we're going to talk about Hot Wheels cars and also talk about uh, the Dodge uh, Elephant. That and plenty more coming up in today's show. OurAutoExpert.com is the website. And don't forget to follow us on social media and message us. You can do that 24-7 at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Keep listening. More of Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up. 
your engines and you're off. Back to our auto expert with Nick Miles. So, uh, we were there. We arrived Monday to SEMA in Las Vegas. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, and we came home Thursday. I heard people walked about 40 miles. How do you, I don't know what I I know someone walked about 33 miles. But uh, that's a lot of walking every day. There was an awful lot to see. It doesn't include the riding, too. One of the big things that's happened in the last three or four years at SEMA is uh, getting on to these ride-and-drive things where you can go out and enjoy riding on a inside one of these sports cars, drifting, taking... Ford Performance, I mean, the lines for those things were huge. People queuing up to go into in the brand new Raptor, in the Mustang, uh, lots of burnouts. And Von Getten and all these different guys are uh, giving rides to people who want to go drifting. If you've never been drifting in a car before, the whiplash is incredible. Um, it's really fun. And then, of course, there's all the burning rubber and how much smoke you can make and how loud you can make something. Uh, even when we were over at the Linex booth with Jesse James, um, he'd worked on this flatbed truck that he put together and had a big diesel generator on the back. Right in the middle of the SEMA hall, there was a line, I would say about five or six uh, displays long of people waiting to come and meet the Diesel Brothers and Jesse James. And just, just flips up the switch and boom, 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 and all the smoke comes flying out the top of this generator. So it's about, you know, noise and loudness and uh, getting attention for all of your vehicles. And lifts too. Like we spend some time uh, doing some stories for television, but we spend some time. Uh, seeing how many of the trucks I could fit under. Well, uh, more than most 80%, people. 80%. Yeah. <laughs> roughly 80. But the, the low riders used to be a big thing uh, at the show, and they're not as big a thing now as they used to be. There is a lot more lifted trucks. A couple of years ago, they had their own booth. Like the paint booth was all low riders yeah. and old cars. And this year it was just like there was a an old VW bus and then couple old cars. I don't know. You really had to find, like, look to find the old cars. And the low riders that they have on display outside of the halls between uh, between South and North Hall, all the way down there by the Shell stage and all the way down, those vehicles seem to be less than they were. I noticed there's Tesla out there and a few other cars this year. Yeah, this was the first show ever to have a wide-body Tesla Model S at. Uh, which... Uh, wasn't that impressive to me? It's a wide-body electric car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start it up. Let's that. see how it sounds. Oh wait. <laughs> uh, so you know, there was a lot of lot of raised trucks. It was. Um, I seemed to feel like there was more raised vehicles than I've ever seen before. And it especially seems like that's always the entrance as you walk in. It's always just like see, a I bunch was, of lifted trucks to greet you as you enter. I felt like it was all the rat rods and the low riders last year. There's a few really cool. There's some Land Rovers out there that look really cool. And everybody's Linexing their vehicle. That's like the really hot thing. Totally did that first. Totally did that first. (laughs) That's that's like five years ago for us. Yeah, that was so long ago. Uh, But it's still fun. Uh, I like the fact that you can actually hit them with a baseball bat and not damage them too. Some really cool products too. People showing off some some things that I didn't realize you could do to cars, you can do with cars. Uh, lights seem to be a really big thing, which is kind of cool. A lot of people doing like really crazy light stuff. Uh, we'll get more. In, we'll, we'll talk more into that. Uh, Jen, are you going to come to SEMA next year? Yes. Wow. It didn't take much. No. <laughs> no. Do you have a... 
Do you you have a lifted truck? I do. And how how many inches? Three and three. Uh, okay, well, three each wheel. No, <laughs> it's got a three inch body lift oh. and then. Yeah, three three suspension, suspension lift yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and She's a good girl. She did both instead of like all the cars at SEMA that are like. It's standard. It was. It's a trail wagon. It came from Chevy that way. Okay. It was all decked out. Yeah. So. I have the new Silverado right now. <sighs> These trucks at the show, Jen, would have like a 22 inch lift <laughs> okay. with no suspension lift. The oh, suspension think... was three inches off the ground. Okay, that, that's dumb. Yeah. Because I'm like, for me, I'm short. I, yeah. You know. So like how do you get in did there? You find <laughs> you do a pull up to get into your <laughs> Did you actually you find a truck that was 22 inches? Because the tallest one I could find was 19. Yes, I did. Okay. Over 22 inches. Uh, and it was an F-250 in the back parking lot. It wasn't in the show. It was in the back uh, parking lot. Because I looked this up because I was kind of interested to see what the tallest lift was. And the tallest lift I could find on a truck was 19 inches. What's the point so, of that, really? I'll show you here. I mean, it is enormous. Um, I, I'm, but it's the tallest list I could find recorded. Like, and I'm just googling it. I'm not like calling a whole right. bunch of trucks. Truck well, because uh, they that's that's uh, probably been manufactured or no no it's the tallest lift recorded it says so but I'm sure some like someone's going to go oh that's recorded I'm doing a 25 inch lift just exactly. to show them who's boss. Uh, what ha you, you know? So do you know why people lift their trucks, Jen? <laughs> Apart from they want to look cool. <laughs> When you go to like you know you and I, yeah, um, yeah, probably so they can go through water and mud. So and yeah, there's rock crawling. The, the and, number you know, one reason stuff. that people lift their vehicles is the no. This is the 22 inch lift F250. What, what is it? A mon is it, it looks like it's a F250 green. on BKT tires. <laughs> green and monster, monster green. So just drive. I would that need down a ladder. Um, Literally a ladder. Dirty money. Whoever has the dirty money F250. That's awesome. It, we need to get that recorded because uh, the last one I saw was uh, the the one that if you just Google it, what's the tallest lift ever? It says nineteen inches. So I knew I knew it probably wasn't right. Could have been off by a couple inches. What's I, the average? Well, I knew it probably wasn't right because somebody's going to see that and build one that's bigger. Uh, so people lift their trucks for you know number one reason is to look cool, which is you know why I do it. No. What? It's a scissor list. Yes, see, I that, told you. That is... Because it has a scissor list, it's a cheat. It That's says 19 the... inches of the tallest lift ever, right? Yeah, no, it says he built the tallest truck when he was 19. He used a scissor lift yeah, but to lift the body. Yeah, but that's not permanent, though. Yeah, no, uh-uh. That's almost saying, I use a forklift to give me the biggest lift. Exactly. <laughs> I can't drive it with a scissor lift up, but that's what I did. Um... Here, here's the deal. So they, most people do lifts to look cool. There are the overlanders. They lift it because they have to go through rocks and mud and uh, into some ravines where the vehicle needs to have some gain. And the other lift I thought was really interesting. The third reason that people lift trucks is for racing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Why would you lift a truck for truck racing? And the reason you lift a truck for truck racing is because you need to, uh, it needs to have a lot of travel. Because if you're going over bumps in the desert and rocks and jumps, the vehicle has to be able to go up and down a lot because it has to have a soft suspension so you don't break your neck every time you go over a sand dune. You also want it to be something. like an adjustable height so that, that, uh, as you're changing what kind of race you're in, you can change how much travel you have, right. and then it stabilizes and the steering. And you'd, you'd probably be able to change the shocks and all that sort of thing, too. Yeah. Uh, so isn't it interesting? You found one that's taller, Jen? Yeah, it's insane. 
It's a dually. And <laughs> you, you could fit two people standing on each other's shoulders to get underneath the truck. Yes. See, you know, I thought Look it was kind of cool that I could walk under a truck. But now, but now you, know you can carry looks someone like? on your shoulders. Have you, have you ever seen the, uh, you've seen those in, in mines, um, yes. in open cast mining, where they have those massive trucks. Right, I used to work for load. Caterpillar, the, right. the so mining load, vehicles. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you, lo- you load up uh, iron ore or whatever it is in the back of these vehicles and take them to the crusher. Yeah. That's what that truck reminds me. You should post some of these on uh, our auto expert. I think I will. So people can see what really huge trucks are. Um it's it's interesting. I, I'm not sure. Six and a half inch lift is about as tall as I think it makes me comfortable. Yeah. Here's the biggest issue with this. When you lift it, you got to get in it. I know. <laughs> so uh, Ryan pointed this out because I didn't really know it because I'm not, not a big monster truck fan, but it, these guys climb up through the middle of the truck mm-hmm. to get in the monster truck ones. But then there's even trucks with ladders on on the side of them. So people will climb up trucks with ladders on them uh, and to get into the cab. I mean, real ladders. Like, I mean, obviously nice, pretty welded ladders, but you know, these things have 10, 15 steps on them sometimes. There's this guy with a ram truck that he climbs up through the middle, similar to a monster truck, but you push up the floorboard and he climbs up through it and closes the floorboard so you don't get mud and stuff up in the truck. I have a hard enough time trying to get the frost off you know, my window. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, I have to do that. I cr- Rim, rim, tire, hood, strut. <laughs> All right, our next video will be Jen defrosting her windows in her truck. That'll be quite a sight. How tall are you? Five foot? Yeah. All right, coming up, more Our Auto Expert. We'll talk to Mike Cornell about what went on at SEMA, some of the cool things that we saw on Our Auto Expert. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. We're talking about what happened at the SEMA show, apart from giant blisters uh, on your feet. Um, my partner in crime was there, Mike Cadell. He joins us on the phone. Uh, Mike, how are your feet? You got blisters from SEMA walking around? Feet? Feet are fantastic, Nick. Feet are doing well. <laughs> little tired, though. Yeah, it is exhausting, and then you tend to not eat great food because, uh, you know, it's not like the healthy uh, food options are available. Not that we choose the healthy food options. A lot of, uh, lot of interesting experiences there, especially worn out. Um, I slept. The first night I didn't sleep very well, but uh, ended up sleeping uh, really well the second night because of so much walking. You had uh, your little toy in the show, or big toy, I guess, your Bronco. Uh, what year is it? It's a uh, 1975 Ford Bronco, so early Broncos, 66 to 77 were the early Broncos, and then they, they migrated out of that into the Bronco too, and then the big Bronco. So you had it in the show in previous years, uh, and you've, you updated it for this show. Uh, what did you do to it, and what? You know, run me down from top to bottom. How how fabulous is it? It's fabulous. Uh, I wanted it to show that this is my second time, and being in the auto industry, uh, as you know, Nick, theme is kind of my favorite show of the year because it's all of the the things that you can do outside of buying a vehicle uh, at the dealership, and uh, this one is is pretty tricked out. It's meant for off road. It's not meant for show and shine or car shows, although it's being used for that. You have to put a little bit shine to it, but 
it's got everything you can imagine. So it has Yukon gear and axle, lockers on the front and rear. It has an Edelbrock Pro Flow 2, EFI system, rigid lights, wet sound stereo, uh, an S-Pod 4x4 control module that controls all the switches on the interior, designed by Zero to 60 Designs in Corona. All the mechanical was done by Raw Motorsports here in my little town at Temecula. And then this year we added, uh, we added uh, a roof and we added some doors sprayed on the exterior. That's actually a cool thing. The entire exterior is sprayed by Linex and their Platinum, uh, which is a thin spray. And then it has Nexon tires and grid off-road wheels. So it's got a lot of fun stuff on it. Are your children deaf? No, they are not. Um, in fact, speaking of my children, I updated the Bronco to a four, uh, actually a six point family roll cage. It's a family roll cage so that if we were to, uh, get a little hairy off road, we've got full protection for the kids. I know you've tried to Bluetooth me in from the car in the past, uh, from your Bronco, and it's, it's an impossible task. It's impossible. It's not really meant for that. I don't have a, a speaker mic somewhere. Mount the close proximity. It's always uh, not the exact uh, best situation. I don't think I could hear you even if I could Bluetooth in because it's so loud. What did you find at SEMA that you were uh, not expecting to see? Because there was definitely something around every corner to make him jaw drop. You know, there. it's a crazy show, right? So, <laughs> excuse me, on one end you have automakers that are doing things like the elephant thousand horsepower motor from Mopar and um, and, the, and the Ram Chrysler, you know, and they're doing these these incredible vehicles, Dodge with the super torque, they got a thousand horsepower, 950 foot pounds of torque, and that's on the OEM side. But then you look at certain vehicles there at the show, I think I, I saw probably a, what, 500 lifted trucks that were taller than you and me, <laughs> crazy, not practical, don't get me excited, many capacity, yet they cost 200 grand. Really? They don't get you excited? So what does get you excited? I think things that are usable, right? I think automakers and aftermarket companies that actually develop products that are, that are going to be used in, in some official capacity. So, for example, in the Line X booth, they had two practical vehicles, one a little bit more outlandish than the other. They, had a, they were commemorating their 25th anniversary, and they had a Ram uh, truck from... 1993, it was a work truck. They didn't do the exterior painting. They used Linux on the flatbed. It had a tip welder mounted to it. Um, it's, a, it's a truck that could be used. And then outside of that, they had a 2500 Ram truck that's a 2018 model uh, representing the new. And that was kind of an on-front, go-anywhere vehicle, four-wheel drive with a tent mounted on top and gas cans. It's something that could be used. The first one developed by Jesse James. Uh, celebrity car builder for that, that 1993 Ram. The second one, the Diesel Brothers, uh, with that 2500. It's funny because the Diesel Brothers usually do older vehicles, um, which I'd expect them to do some old world truck. But they decided yeah, on, they, on, they stepped it up. Yeah, yeah on, they stepped it up with a new one. Totally nice guys, by the way. And uh, we, we, we had a joke with them because it's November, right? And November, whereas people grow beards. Um, Ryan, are you going to grow a beard for November? Yeah, it's grown. Can you see it? <laughs> yeah. No change from last week. You know, we, we, I've, got it. I've got the beard. You see, we have beards. The Diesel Brothers have beards. And, uh, and they, you know, all these people that grow them for no week, we call them part-timers. 
they come in for November, they play in the real world, real men like me with big beards. <laughs> and, then, and then in December, they shave them off again. That losers. Anyway, uh, back to SEMA show. So uh, at SEMA show, we talked a little bit about before you got uh, joined us, Mike, about some of the crazy colors and some of the crazy lifted vehicles as well. But uh, when I when we come back, I want to spend some time talking about uh, a couple of the other OEMs. Uh, Jeep had some pretty incredible vehicles. Ram had some cool vehicles too. Uh, but I want to talk about Kia as well because they had this new Telluride, which was specially made uh, for the New York factory. Fashion Week, and it had engine straps to hold the bonnet or the hood down, depending on which continent you're talking from, and they were made of leather, and it also had leather mirror caps as well, and I thought that was kind of interesting because if you have leather uh, on the hood straps and you have leather on the mirrors, uh, you clearly aren't able to take the car through a car wash. Well, you, you are able. It would just be a travesty for all that hard work you put in. Mike, hang out. Uh, we're going to talk more about the SEMA show when we come back. Of course, you can follow us online at OurAutoExpert.com. More SEMA show to come. More of Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is on the way. Our Auto Expert continues. Here's your host, Nick Miles. Still on phone with us, Mike Cadell. Uh, we're talking about SEMA. He is a partner in Our Auto Expert. You just don't get to hear Mike on the radio every week, but uh, Mike does a lot of the TV side with us and the online side of Our Auto Expert. Uh, Mike, interesting to see some of these Japanese companies making SEMA a real home for themselves. Good examples of that, Kia and Toyota. Let's talk about Toyota first. Uh, they're using this to talk about the their future sports car which has been teased it the possibility is we could see this vehicle uh in detroit uh, and i guess exciting because it's been years since it's been available in the united states right well there's just there's so much awesomeness happening right now with the automakers that are overseas. So whether it's the Koreans with Kia and Hyundai or Honda and Toyota with uh, the Japanese side, they're doing some really, really cool things. So whether it's bringing the Supra back from Toyota or, you know, looking at a pizza oven on site at the auto show that flips out Pizza Hut pizzas, there's just so much cool stuff that, that is available there at SEMA and automakers are using it to kind of play around a little bit. They're using it from a serious standpoint to showcase some of the cars that you might see here in the future, but they're also using it from the standpoint of showcasing cool technologies as well. Yeah, I find, you know, a lot of times we see people, small shops that maybe a brake shop doing some really cool car for SEMA because, of course, that's the way you attract people into your booth. Perhaps you're a big brake or transmission manufacturer or you do shocks or uh, axles or something like that and you want to attract somebody into your booth so you do a really cool car that uh, people walk past and go, oh, I need to take a look at that, and they end up finding more out about your company. But where's... Um, Manufacturers like Toyota can really showcase what they're thinking in their head. And teaming up with Pizza Hut, they had this Pi Pro, which was a Toyota Tundra. But in the Tundra, they used the Mirai power system. So the Mirai is their hydrogen vehicle. So this Tundra powered by hydrogen. Uh, but at the back, they used robotics and Pizza Hut technology to have a, a system that basically cooks pizza, cuts pizza, boxes pizza, and pumps it out something akin to a mail slot in the side. And to be honest with you, I was a little bit uh, thinking maybe this is not such a great idea, but the pizza was pretty good. You tasted it, Mike. 
We were hungry. <laughs> we were freaking hungry. I, I, you know, I don't remember Pizza Hut tasting as good as that. We were like wild coyotes out in the middle. I was going to say the same exact thing. With a bunch of rabbits. We were like, let's do it. But you know, take away the pizza. The pizza was the draw into the booth, but the hydrogen powered vehicle. That's that's a look at the future. So, like we were talking about a minute ago, right? That's the glimpse of the future. Is are we moving electric? Are we moving hydrogen? We're moving in both directions right now with different types of, you know, alternative fuel technology. And I, I think that's the takeaway from from this vehicle at the show. Um, the pizza was fantastic. <laughs> was so good. Does it make sense to put a hydrogen engine in a truck? I mean, we saw it. We were told about it. We didn't see it running. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it only goes three miles an hour. I don't know. It, is it feasible? Yeah, well... No, it's totally feasible. And one of the first companies uh, is actually here in California. There was a company that was responsible working in partnership with General Motors to bring uh, hydrogen vehicles to market. And they're in very limited production, but um, or li- they're very limited volume type vehicle from a from a feasibility standpoint. But you're going to see more and more of these vehicles hitting the road as technology gets better. Do you think that uh, these cars, or a lot of these cars, are fantasy, or they're just to try and stimulate uh, this small slither of the population who perhaps has bought a Corolla, or who has bought uh, some some other uh, Toyota product to look at the possibilities of their vehicle and what they could do with it, and some some things they could do to make them love it even more? I will tell you this: uh, uh, if you take me back two months ago, Nick. Uh, before I was up in Portland for the ABA award, um, I would have told you that autonomous vehicles are <laughs> 20 years out. And you and I sat in a BMW M5, and you said, go for it. Do you try the autonomous feature? And I did it, and I literally took my hands off the steering wheel, and I think the vehicle had something like a 30 to 60-second uh, time period until the alarm would go off. But that alarm actually went off, but then it stopped. And I think we went two to three minutes in full autonomous mode. The answer to your question is these technologies are coming. These automakers are trying to get ahead of the curve. Knowing that oil prices uh, fluctuate, it's important to, and, and thinking about the environment as well, it's important to start really investing in these types of technologies. So whether it's hydrogen, whether it's electric, whether it's what I prefer, uh, which is a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle, the best of both worlds, uh, they're here, they're coming. There are more electric vehicles hitting the road now than ever in the past. It's, it's, it's here. I'm a, I'm a true capitalist and somewhat of a maverick and an independent. I want a system where I can have a windmill or a water wheel or a solar panel at my house and not pay for fuel and just fill up my vehicle from my house uh, at no cost to me. Just use what the environment has to offer. And to me, it's an added bonus that this will pump out zero emissions into the environment. So I'm all good for things like hydrogen trucks and hydrogen cars where they pump out just water as a byproduct. Uh, The question is making the hydrogen, which is, of course, the hard part of this equation. But ultimately, uh, when you start to talk about and show them being put into things the size of a Toyota Tundra, uh, clearly uh, these car companies, these uh, automaker, auto manufacturers are thinking about it in the real here and now, something they're trying to ignite the interest in the community who perhaps wants to have one of these vehicles in their driveway of the future. Uh, let's look a little bit at uh, Kia. Um, Kia had some interesting things. I noticed Hyundai doing this too. Ryan and I spent some time in Sacramento, 
uh, driving the uh, brand new Veloster N, and N is kind of their what M is to BMW, N is to Hyundai. Uh, this is their sort of new high performance hot hatch. And now Kia are sort of doing it with their GT cars. They had a Stinger GT, now they have a Forte GT. These Japanese car companies that have not been real race fans, and and perhaps they've uh, they've had some independent people taking cars like Subarus and and Toyotas and racing them, but they seem to have a lot of new models coming out that are particularly geared towards the gearhead. The, well, that's the best part about SEMA, right, is that automakers have figured out over the last 10 years that they don't need to wait uh, for a vehicle to launch and then allow consumers to go through second and third parties to outfit and get their vehicle, you know, whether it's ready for the track or just some cool looks. But automakers are now doing it on their own, and Kia really showcased a variety of different uh, options at the show in Vegas. They actually had a ride-and-drive program outside where, you could take a cruise in the Stinger, which if, if any of you listening have not had a chance to get inside and drive the Kia Stinger, it will blow your mind. That car is incredibly fast and fun to drive. And then they have their Telluride SUV out there kind of doing some, some uh, mock off-roading. And it, it just showcases that a company like Kia, same thing with Hyundai and their Veloster N, they understand what performance means, and they're bringing those cars to market under their own banner. I think uh, I think that's probably a way they've seen of igniting more and sparking more of an interest uh, in, in the cars. Uh, they the Koreans have been much more of a value proposition in the past. They were a hundred year, uh, sorry, hundred year, t- uh, ten year, one hundred thousand mile warranty. Uh, they, but look at that new Telluride now. The interior of that Telluride was far and above, and although it was a concept version, was far and above what I might have seen in a current Range Rover. The one that we saw on the floor together, that interior, was it was incredible. The leather was so soft. The seats were incredibly comfortable. The exterior look definitely had the profile of something like a Range Rover. And uh, when you marry in those cool straps, the leather straps on the exterior, the mirrors were wrapped in leather. It gave it such a cool, sophisticated look. I think uh, I'm not sure I want leather on the, the mirrors of the car. I mean, how do you put that through a car wash? You'd have to hand wash it. Well, it was for the show. <laughs> concept, man. Come on. You can't take away my digging holes in things. That's what I do. I'm supposed to find the weakness. <laughs> I'm not taking that through the car wash, but I'll tell you, it, it looked really cool, the show. And, and here, you know what, I'll throw this out, too. It's very hard to go to a show like SEMA where you have, you know, 160-some-odd thousand people, 2,500 cars, the entire city's bogged down. It takes you an hour to get from one side of the convention center to the other. It's very hard to reinvent yourself every single year at this show. I think that I've never seen a car with leather on the outside before. That was a first. That's called reinventing yourself, staying relevant. They did a great job at Kia. I think they did. Uh, Let's talk about Kenny uh, from Zero Sixty Designs. Uh, He had, uh, he took an F-350 and made it into an SUV. He took an F-350 and turned it into something called the Nighthawk by a company called U.S. Core and in partnership with Zero to Sixty Designs. And it has this very modern, uh, edgy look to it, very sharp lines. And it felt quite at home in Vegas. On. I have to say, in Vegas, I'd expect to see people standing out of the sunroof with bottles of champagne in their hand. 
Oh, I, I'll tell you, I uh, got in the back of that second row seat, and I mean, I could spread my legs straight. I mean, it was so comfortable. Such a really cool vehicle there at the show. And uh, I think what he did with it is, is pretty unique. That's what kind of Kenny prides himself on is taking a vehicle from zero and within 60 days turning it into something like what we saw there at the show. Yeah, Kenny, actually, we were sweating it because we had our Pause One truck out there, which is uh, we done with Nissan and the Nissan Titan. We made this animal rescue uh, vehicle. If you want to see it, by the way, you can go to animalrescuerigs.com, the vehicle that uh, Mike and I uh, helped with Hard Notch Customs and uh, and Pat from Wheelcraft. We kind of worked putting this vehicle together into its concept stage. I was sweating it because the week before we found out that somebody had missed putting the bumper lights in and Kenny told me it was like hours just hours they were trying to build this truck before the show opened I mean I I felt like he was driving it from Southern California into uh, Vegas and still installing parts as they were driving I just see him with a toolkit and a needle and thread in the back trying to stitch the seats he made me feel he did you know that's how that's how they work at least there Truth be told, uh, today, up until this call, my hands are covered in grease right now. Uh, I towed the Bronco home yesterday morning. I was there two extra days and uh, closed it out at Steamboat Ignite. Drove it home. I've got an event this weekend, Friday and Saturday, called Bronco Days. I'm a big Bronco enthusiast. And I was out there for four hours today putting weather stripping inside the doors because I didn't get to it. Uh, making some adjustments to some certain things on it. So that's just the nature of SEMA, man. No matter how hard you try... It's going to take all of your effort up until you pull in and walk away with your hands in the air to get the vehicle done. It happened with the Paws 1, happened with the Nighthawk, happened with my Bronco, happened with both of the Lion-X vehicles, and that's, that's just par for the course at this show. Uh, I, I will tell you this. It was pretty funny. I did see my Ignited uh, on Friday, and that's a big parade and cruise where everybody brings your vehicle and you go in a straight line. I mean, every sixth car was broken down on the left side or the right side because <laughs> they just they, they, they couldn't get them to where they needed to be and I felt bad for these builders but I mean it's really the, that's, that's the ultimate is seem ignited it, where you get a chance to show off all your hard work and uh, for me it was such a fun experience Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, Mike Cadell is uh, part of Our Auto Expert. You can see his videos at ourautoexpert.com, and you can find out the stuff. I guess if you're going to buy a previously built car off of somebody who's uh, who's built one for SEMA, what you should do is you should look at what cars break down in SEMA Ignite, and then you go, sorry, dude, you didn't make it to the finish line. I'm not, I'm not driving your car. All right, still a packed show. Lots more to come, and of course, you can uh, message us on social media, Facebook. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we were going to talk Hot Wheels next. They were at SEMA. We're going to find out what it takes to design a Hot Wheels car. Don't go away. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Our auto expert will be right back. It's our auto expert with Nick Miles. I just, uh, I just asked Ryan a quick question before we came back. Uh, and asked him if he had Hot Wheels cars, and he says he has millions of them. I just, I just imagine you, your wife's like making dinner, and you're like, across the kitchen counter. Do you? There's children involved normally, like I'm playing oh, with them. Oh, you see, that's every alone. adult's excuse. Well, it was kids in the house, so I had to show them how to play with the Hot Wheels. Uh, I, I don't, I never had Hot Wheels as a kid. 
That's probably why I'm, I'm deprived slightly. Uh, I had Tonga toys, and my parents were, um, they bought they, a lot of wooden toys. <laughs> wooden toys. I had, perhaps I couldn't be trusted with all wheels. <laughs> I had ski electric cars, but uh, perhaps I just I just couldn't be, I don't know. Perhaps I, I had just, the full setup. I had the carpet on the ground when I was a kid, and I had millions of cars laying everywhere, and I'd have the police chasing all the cars around. I what you what most listeners don't know is your wife is behind you. Yeah. And she's like she's giving me verbals. She's yeah. she's showing she's laughing and she's nodding. She knows it's true. <laughs> uh so Hot Wheels, uh I didn't realize they started with twenty five cars uh in nineteen sorry, sixteen cars in nineteen sixty eight and have made over twenty five thousand cars in the past fifty years. That's pretty impressive. I have driven a Hot Wheels but it was a full-size uh, Chevy Camaro version of a Hot Wheels, which was pretty cool. Bright orange, black hood, uh, kind of fun. A lot of, lot of head turners, especially uh, the guys look at you more than the girls do when you're driving that because they're right, I want, I want one of those. I like my Hot Wheels. Uh, Ted Wu is joining us on the phone uh, from Hot Wheels. And, uh, Ted, you guys, uh, you had some presence at SEMA, um, but you had something called the Legends, uh, the, the, the Legends of Hot Wheels, Tell us what that is. Yeah, hey, Nick. Uh, yeah, we had our Legends, Hot Wheels Legends Tour at SEMA, and it was sort of the uh, culminating event uh, that we had. You know, we had 15 different car shows around the country, um, and at each one of the car shows, we had one winner. And so we took each one of these winners from the 15 different cities, uh, brought them to SEMA in Vegas with us last week, and we chose one grand prize winner to uh, have their car made into an actual... 164 scale Hot Wheels car. And who who was the winner? Can you tell us who won? Yeah, totally. So our, our winner came from uh, New Jersey. His name is Luis Rodriguez, and his winning car is called the Two Jets. So it's a really cool looking car. Uh, looks actually like a jet on wheels. Uh, he made it himself, built it from scratch, and uh, it's just a, it's a really awesome build. And are you guys now going to build multiples of these and sell them to uh, to every kid that wants a cool jet Hot Wheels? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. We're uh, we're going to put it in the actual line, so you'll probably see it uh, sometime later in 2019. But it'll go out with the uh, with the rest of the cars that uh, you see at your local stores. So tell me, uh, Ted, Ted, how did you choose these guys? How did you choose? Because I find Hot Wheels very personal. So Jen and I sat on your website before the show today, and we went through some of the cars in there, and and we were yin and yang, right, Jen? <laughs> totally. Jen, like, uh, Jen was like, oh, it's, uh, it's ugly. I don't like that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I really like that one. That's kind of cool. So it seems to be a really personal thing. Like, Hot Wheels are really personal. Like, you either love it or you hate it or, you know, like, the ones that really appeal to us as individuals are, are all different. Uh, what? So how do you choose something that maybe thousands of people are going to buy? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and I mean, that is the thing about Hot Wheels is it's just the variety, right? So, you know, I could like a car and, and Nick, you could hate it or, or vice versa, but I think we have something for everyone, which is a, the great thing about Hot Wheels. With, with the Legends Tour, we looked at three main criteria. Uh, the first one was authenticity and, and really do you look at the car? You know, could we look at the vehicle and say, yep, you know what? That does look like a Hot Wheels car. The second thing we looked at was originality. And, and you mentioned, I mean, our design team, we've made over 25,000 unique vehicles over the course of the last 50 years. 
this really needs to stand out. And then the final criteria was garage spirit. You know, we really thought it was important that this was built, uh, a built car, not bought, something that had been worked on, something that had been wrenched on, and just really did show that sort of garage spirit. So those were the three main things. And, and again, we picked a car which we feel like uh, hit, hit the mark on all those three. I looked at some of the cars that uh, you know were entered. Uh, they were fairly crazy. There was a lot of a lot of things that you probably wouldn't see in a real car, right? Like yellow glass and a lot of very cra- a lot of crazy designs. Did you get a lot of entries that just didn't make it even to the first round? It, w- it was it was nuts. We had uh, we had a chicken car that came out and really <laughs> looked like a chicken. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, we had a giant working shopping cart. Um, it, you know, anything you could think of was we, we had. It, it, it was pretty nutty. Um, you know, kudos to all the builders and, and all the car guys that came out. Uh, it was it was a wacky, wacky year and, and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, shopping cart or chicken don't scream Hot Wheels to me. The, the part, part of the Hot Wheels collection is, you know, you can obviously have the little the map and you can drive the map, but the Hot Wheels tracks were kind of fun too, right? That was a really big thing. So the cars not only have to be cool, they have to look dynamic, they have to have that kind of, I guess it's kind of an, a little bit of a 1970s feel to them, uh, but they also have to have to be able to perform, don't they? Yeah, exactly. We're we're really big on design, of course. I mean, the car needs to look great, needs to look fast. Uh, the performance is the other piece that we really hang our hat on. So, you know, from a from a real car standpoint, we were looking to make sure that these cars weren't just uh, weren't just you know sitting there that they could actually perform and, and drive. And when we talk about our toys, you know, we we feel like we have the best diecast performing cars out there. And so we make sure they work on that that sort of uh, orange track that you you recognize as Hot Wheels, and they can go through loops, do stunts, all the cool things that um, Hot Wheels can do. I would, I mean, anytime you want to, you know, uh, we built a, a a vehicle for SEMA, uh, which was an animal rescue rig out of a truck. And uh, I, you know, if you want to make a Hot Wheels out of that, I'm not going to fight you. <laughs> you could do that. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, tell me, uh, before, while we, we're going to run out of time here uh, in a second, Ted, so tell me where you can go and look at some of these Hot Wheels cars. So, so right now, uh, you can go to hotwheels.com uh, backslash, backslash garage of legends, and you can take a look at all of our Hot Wheels cars that are in our current lineup, and then uh, we'll be posting all the, uh, the winners as well. Excellent. Ted Wu, thank you for joining us. Uh, Ted is from Hot Wheels, and uh, I will have to say, I feel like I sort of missed out as a kid a little bit on uh, having some cool cars. So guess what? They're still available, 25,000 of them. going to count my pennies and head down to the store and buy myself a bunch of Hot Wheels. We're going to talk more SEMA when we come back. More of Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is on the way. Nick Miles, and this is our auto expert. All right, so what just happened is that uh, everybody in the room here is looking at <laughs> Hot Wheels. $38 for a Hot Wheels? It's reduced. It was $42.99. Uh, but that's the one I want. It's the uh, Berda Toy Land Rover Defender Station Wagon. I'm not sure the Station Wagon pass right. But uh, that's the Hot Wheels that I really want. I wonder if people out there have Hot Wheels. Of I like this. They do. 
I, I still like, do. You do? Yeah, they're, my parents have them in the attic from when I was a kid. They took all my toys away from me slowly. They're like, Yo, you'll want to see these later on. Last, <laughs> last week. <laughs> my son actually when made, I get older. My son actually made ornaments out of them. Well, and hung them up on my dad's tree. Really? Yeah. That's a great idea with ornaments for Hot Wheels. Mm-hmm. I think that, that's an awesome idea. Uh, if you if you have Hot Wheels, 877-733-1011. I want to hear what Hot Wheels. Do you still play with them? How no, are you, Ryan? Twenty seven. The attic. No, oh, I have. Whatever. They have these clear boxes of like you can fit fifty on each side, and I have like seven or eight of them still. Really? You could build a house out of the Hot Wheels boxes. I have an have. entire police force, yes. like SWAT team, <laughs> fire team. Every- <laughs> I have the the original van. You know, the really old school like seventy van. How old is Jen, how such old a funny is too old to have? Like, when should your Hot Wheels go on a shelf in your office versus when do you drive them around the desk? Over sixty. Is it upon, <laughs> upon application for AARP? That's where you should stop playing. There's even, this is where wheels cross. This is where things get a little bit scary. There's even Hot Wheels Lego sets. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. They just came whoa, out with the- whoa. Two wheels just went <laughs> and collided. <laughs> okay, did you not see the Bugatti they, they did? Is that a Lego Bugatti Hot Wheels? I believe so. And they also did a Porsche. <laughs> Porsche, sorry. A Lego Porsche. Bugatti Hot Wheels? <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm just, you know, this is a whole new world for Nick. Right. Fisher Price, Lego, Bugatti Hot Wheels. I'm like 30 years too late. No, you're not. (laughs) I'm like, you guys like grow up. You're supposed to be the boss. You're supposed to be in charge of this media empire and you just play with your Hot Wheels online. (laughs) You're shopping on Amazon. You're such a child. Are we supposed to be talking about something? Yeah, SEMA. Oh, yes, Hot Wheels are at SEMA. They announced the winner. Have you? Oh, okay. roll it. Ryan, let's just roll it back. So <laughs> when we went into the last segment, we talked to Ted Wu about him announcing the winner of the Hot Wheels competition at SEMA, the Legends of Hot Wheels. Roger. All right, so that's how we got here. All right. Just in case you lost track of <laughs> what was going on on the show. and Traveling uh, on radio through <laughs> to the next it's segment. Like, it's honestly, it's like social media. Start with one click and two hours later. You're like, wasn't I making coffee? <laughs> it's just what this was shows about. It's it a follow sleep five hours. It's a ago. natural progression of automotive. We just got to Hot Wheels and we never got off Hot Wheels. All right, can we get off Hot Wheels? Uh, no, I like <laughs> having fun. I'm enjoying Hot Wheels. Everybody out there's like, oh, I've still got everybody go to your attic right now and get your Hot Wheels out and play with them. <laughs> I don't care if you can't get in the attic anymore. Send your grandchild into the attic. Get your Hot Wheels down and play with them. So, you know, everybody, some, okay, some women have these, like, china cabinets with, like, china in them. Mine has all football and car stuff in it. So <laughs> and I have my Hot Wheels in year, there. Jen's not done. Ken Block <laughs> Jen's the Jim Pona 10. I want to talk about Hot Wheels. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm enjoying the Hot Wheels. Fine. Jim Connor 10. Did everybody see? And Jim Connor 9. Okay, one through everybody's nine. going to have to get him a Hot Wheel for Christmas. Oh, my God. Uh, it's but but make them cool like I want Land Rovers and Jeeps and they're all cool trucks trucks want more trucks. Why can't we have an animal rescue rigs Hot Wheels? Why can't they make a Hot Wheels out of the vehicle that we made for SEMA? Well, you know we hard enough to make one. 
<laughs> Maybe we could talk yeah, to them. It's a little, little <laughs> tiny version of the car. Should be much easier. No, that's more complicated, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, Let's I, talk we, to Nissan. We should ask Ted uh, Ted Wu how hard it is to take a real big car and draw it down to a Hot Wheels. Because it's complicated, I'm it's sure. It's probably easier to go down instead of up, right? Yeah, you just use the shrinker. Yeah. <laughs> is that the real car and make it into a Hot Wheels? I watched Wheels. that Rust to Riches show where they took a Hot Wheel and made it into a real car, is like, which is kind of hard to do well, the opposite way. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what they did with this Chevy Camaro. We've already been there. Uh, what else did you like at SEMA? Oh, Jen, now, did you see, now we're did you, done with <laughs> did, you, did, you see, uh, did you see photos of things you wished you could touch, smell, and lick at SEMA, Jen? A um, little bit, yeah. Like what? Um, there was so much. I... Give me a second, and I'll have to look up what I have. Some of the facts of SEMA were pretty uh, impressive. Um, they, I, I was looking at some of the things at SEMA. They, SEMA sent us this whole like, list of, oh, you know, here are some of the things that you should know about SEMA. And I was like, whoa. I mean, especially the fact that 160,000 people ended up going to SEMA this year. That, to me, uh, that's a lot of people. I mean, I, I think I probably ran into touch and touched most of those people, not on purpose, accidentally at the show. But that, to me, that that's an impressive fact. That 160,000, 3,600 media representatives from both trade and consumer outlets, 24 exhibiting companies, 24,000 exhibiting companies. Did you stop by the IROC one? The rock booth. That was the one I, I wanted to I go to. I think I visited like forty booths. <laughs> so I visited. Uh, what is that? One percent? Something ridiculous. <laughs> uh, uh, the amount of booths there were at SEMA. Uh, there were four thousand companies exhibiting uh, for the first time. Four thousand four hundred companies exhibiting for the first time at SEMA. So I have a question for you, Nick. Yes. Seventy thousand buyers at SEMA. There's a lot of people. Did you know like half the people at SEMA? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. No, no, Nobody I, can physically know half the people at SEMA. You're talking buyers from everywhere around the world. I was standing in line behind people from Israel. I wasn't talking about buy. the buyers. I was talking about the exhibitors. Well, Sorry. So, so here's the deal. SEMA's a trade show, so there's no public allowed in. Right. So everybody there has a purpose. They're either with a media organization, they're a buyer, they're or an, an exhibitor. exhibitor. That's oh, it. Gotcha. It's only those three. Buyer. Oh, no, spouse. Oh, we saw people with but with uh, with lanyards on that said spouse. Spouse eighteen, as in their <laughs> new spouse this year, <laughs> newly added, a new model. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm. I don't know if that's not cool or. I want one that sp says spouse buyer. <laughs> spouse to a buyer. Oh yeah. Either way. Or buyer to a spouse. <laughs> a spouse buyer. Yeah, spouse buyer. Purchasing spouses, come on over. <laughs> Tell me what you got. Uh, there, yeah, there was a lot of people. 1.2 million net square feet of exhi exhibition space. That's a lot of space. Do you, why have you even vacuumed that? So what would happen if you had to vacuum that space? What? 1.2 million <laughs> net square feet of exhibitor space. No. Can you vacuum it, please, Jen? Can you get just run in there and vacuum Sure. I've so much time foot, on my hands. I set foot on almost every square foot of that entire facility. All right, so let's work it out how long that would take you. 1.2 million square feet. I'm not joking. I okay, can't so physically step on where the cars and the booths are, but I walked every aisle in every hall of that place. I feel like I did too, but I'm yeah. sure I didn't. There was a lot of car parts. There was things in car. I didn't even know cars had parts that cars didn't. We make the spring for the door lock. There was an entire <laughs> hall of tires 
Yeah, and a lot Just of tire companies I've never heard of. Yeah, Michelin and Goodyear weren't even in there. <laughs> this was a hall full of tire companies. We did run into Stella from Pirelli, and I thought it was interesting that Pirelli came out with a, the tire called the Stella while we were there. So oh, I, yeah, I got was... confused about that, too. I was like, yeah. was that her name, or was that the name of the tire? And then the press release came out. So um, Yeah, well, Stella was the name of the PR lady from Italy that we ran into. And then they have a, car, a tire that was released at SEMA called the Stella. My day was very confusing. Uh, you know, 3,000 products uh, were new at SEMA this year. What were some of those products? Um, the Dana 48. The Dana 62. <laughs> it was the Sherry 125. <laughs> There's names of products that you have no idea. Opar right. had those three customized Ram trucks. They had yes, we're going to talk about Don't. that when we come back. Don't blow oh, it. Gosh. We're going to have Todd, uh, Todd Bedrick. Uh, is going to be here. The head of accessories and Mopar Performance. He's going to be here talking to us about fabulous SEMA parts and things. They did two really cool Ram trucks. They did a Lowrider and they did uh, a Ram Rebel. We're going to find all about that. Don't stand by. If you thought you were done with SEMA, oh, you were wrong. <laughs> when we come back, we talk more about the show that is already over. Just a memory except we're going to be talking about it for the next 10 years. Right here on Our Auto Expert. Don't forget, send us messages um, via the Facebook, via the Twitter, and via the Instagram. More Auto Expert with Nick Miles is on the way. It's Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Uh, we are talking about SEMA and the fun that we had and the soreness of the feet and uh, the walking. Lots and lots of walking. Uh, we had a lot of it going on. Uh, so I think one of the things I have learned about SEMA is the fact that uh, next next time I'm renting the scooter. Uh, Todd, did you, did you want to rent a scooter when you go to SEMA? Was there a lot of walking involved or did you just end up staying... In the uh, in the FCA booth, the, the whole time. Yeah, you were there. for me, I spent most of my time in the FCA booth. But I'll tell you, I could uh, I don't know a swing or something to sit on to get off my feet. Certainly wouldn't be bad. <laughs> a swing, a SEMA swing. Perhaps they need to install some kind of cable car system. So you know, if we want to go from one room to another, or one hall to another, we could do that at SEMA. Uh, Todd Bedrick is joining us. Um, uh, from FCA, he's the head of the uh, accessories and performance parts of Mopar. Uh, you guys put together quite an impressive booth this year. It was the first year that Ram have had uh, the fit, the new 1500 on display, wasn't it? You didn't have it last yep. year. That's correct. Yeah, last year was, uh, or this was the first year we had the Ram and also the new Wrangler JL as well. Oh, yeah, you see, Tufa. And, the, and of course, then you introduced a product as well, which was a crate engine, the Elephant, uh, you guys call yeah. it. Um, does it take a lot of people to lift that uh, engine into a car? Well, you know, not as many as you'd think. It does have an aluminum block, so it's not quite as uh, bad as you'd think. But uh, certainly, you probably want to get yourself an engine hoist. Todd, walk us through what happens when uh, when you guys are thinking about making a like a SEMA vehicle. Is it is it like you know someone calls you up? Uh, perhaps it would be uh, Tim Kaniscus from Ram says, "What are you doing this year? What do you got? What do yeah. you got, Todd? Tell me." Well, normally, you know, I mean, it, the the SEMA process, I mean, has already started for next year. I mean, uh, so we're working, you know, twelve to fourteen months ahead of the of the actual show. 
Oh, all and right, all right. So let me stop you there. What do you got for next year? <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you that. Yeah. Come on. Nice try, Come man. on, Todd. Come on, do a yeah, team really, player, I, buddy. That was a good try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all so, right, so um, 14 months so anyway, out. Yeah, basically what happens is we, uh, you know, we know what products are going to be coming out, and we try to figure out what's the best way to display them um, to get people's attention. And we have a, a very uh, creative design department who start working on sketches and things of that nature. And that's actually how the supercharger came about. Oh, wow. Okay. Good backstory there. So the supercharger, uh, t- tell me the story of the supercharger. Yeah, so uh, our design guys, again, we knew this engine was coming out and they just started, they just went crazy. Uh, we had probably close to 30 different designs and themes that they put together. Uh, things from an off-road challenger to this classic look to some several other things that were pretty off the wall. And uh, wait, off-road we, challenger? Uh, here's my oh, money. Yeah, Take my it, money it, right it, now. It, almost, almost. Yeah, we actually had even one that was an old AMC Eagle uh, concept as well that would have had the new engine. <sighs> but we we decided to go the classic route because as soon as we saw the image that they put together for this thing. We were all just drooling. It was just beautiful, and the final product turned out to be, you know, just amazing. Um, you, I, I can't really say, apart from perhaps the Dodge Neon, there's very little product you've ever made that I didn't want to buy, uh, to be honest with you. The, all right, let's, let's jump back into my original discussion here. You had the first year of the Ram 1500 for the new version of the vehicle. Uh, you decided to go with a low rider and then sort of an off-road version of the truck. So let's start with the low rider. Uh, what do you do to it, and what was the thought process? Yeah, so the, the thought process, I mean, the, the two are very much tied together, right? It, we, we oftentimes lift our vehicles. That's that's something that we're known for. Uh, so we wanted to try something different, right? The You know, the street truck trend has been out there. It's been, I'd say, maybe a little bit quiet recently, but we wanted to see all right, what could we do in that space? So we dropped it by two inches, uh, put some pretty uh, sick 20-inch wheels on it, in uh, a new, a You know what's so cool, Todd? I have to stop when a designer says they were pretty sick. Pretty sick wheels. I'm just trying to do those cool. justice. So, yeah, no, I mean, they are, they are, I mean, I'm a car guy through and through. I mean, that's kind of how I, how I ended up uh, up in this, in this position. And uh, I absolutely love the job. And coming to SEMA is just, I mean, it blows your mind every year. Um, but this, but the lowdown, again, it was really about how do we go and how do we uh, explore this more street truck trend. So, you know, we got the hard fiberglass tonneau cover. Uh, it's got the T-tone paint. You know, so it's really meant to have a, a very street appearance in, a, in that kind of statement. Uh, and then the, on the opposite end, you did kind of, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. big dude truck. <laughs> you got it. The, the one that could roll over about anything else uh, at the show if you wanted to. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a Rebel been, that's been lifted by two inches, 35-inch uh, tires. Again, a number of parts that we already have in our catalog, such as that two-inch lift and the wheels, beadlock wheels. Beadlock wheels, yeah. by the way, uh, everybody really likes. There's, a, there's something about beadlock. Everyone gets excited when they see those wheels. Yeah. Well, it's great. In, in ours, you know, you can you can run them as a true beadlock if you want to, or you can put a beauty ring on, and they're completely street legal. So you got both options. 
Uh, that's one of my favorite things about them is uh, is they have the yin and the yang, the, both the black and the white side. You can have either street or off road. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to I want to talk a little bit about these trucks and how much is going to be reality. Uh, you know what what is the chances of seeing some of these parts that you specially made for SEMA actually end up uh, at a Mopar dealer? But we have to take that all so important commercial break and pay homage uh. to the people that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have to pay homage to people <laughs> that pay the money to uh, to make sure that this show stays on the air. More about what we saw at the FCA booth, past the new Wrangler. We'll talk about that. More of our auto expert with Nick Miles is coming up. He's Nick Miles, and this is our auto expert. Um, I have to say that I like everything I see at SEMA. Just kind of getting to it is what's really hard. Ah, there's a lot of walking involved, even escalators. There's li- elevators and escalators and uh, and ramps and, and halls and a lot of stuff at SEMA. A lot of parts, a lot of displays companies have never heard of. Uh, we are spending time talking about what FCA had and, and what uh, Mopar had on display. Uh, Todd Bedick is joining us from uh, FCA. So we talked a little bit about the, uh, the, the Ram vehicles that you had on display. And you say f- the 14, 14 months or so to, uh, to get those up to speed, Todd? You know, it all depends on, uh, you know, what the part is in particular. Like, you know, the hood that we're showing, uh, if that's something that goes into production, it's probably closer to two years. Um, just big tools you have to cut for something like that. But um, it all depends. You, uh, Mopar, which obviously is the core of your, you, you personally, your business, is the big money maker, isn't it, to, to FCA? Yeah, I, I certainly like to think so. We, uh, We've been growing every year. Um, it, uh, obviously, accessories and customization is a big trend, and uh, we've been able to capitalize on it. Um, the, the the new Wrangler that obviously came out uh, a little while back uh, is the most customized vehicle uh, in the world. Is that am I saying am I saying that right? You know, I I'm I, I don't know that I have any statistics on that, but that's what we do believe that yes. Uh, just because they they span back uh, many many decades, and people have them from from years and years gone by, and mm-hmm. you can you can still do things. You know, you can still buy parts for a lot of the the things like the wheelies. I mean, you can buy parts yep. for those old jeeps and and still and and well, I did. I'm not sure if you saw this, Todd, but while we were at SEMA, we saw I saw the biggest jeep. Willie, I have ever seen in my life. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> it was huge. Yeah, it was like a three times uh, real life size or something like that, wasn't it? That's uh, Ryan is to that Jeep what uh, shoes are to a normal human being. He has giant feet, <laughs> and that was a giant, <laughs> giant Jeep. Uh, do, you, you presumably don't make parts for vehicles that size. That was kind of a one off crazy man Jeep. Yeah, yeah, I believe that was a one off. Uh, you do, however, and you did, however, have lots of cool stuff. Um, interestingly enough, I have to get my, I guess my, uh, to get the right speech here because when they, uh, when these are parts for Jeeps, they're called Jeeps, Jeep performance parts. Is that right? Correct. And then, what are the parts called when they're for a Ram? 
Uh, they are called Mopar accessories or Mopar performance. Bikes. All right. So Ram, Ram, Jeep, Jeep's just special. That's Jeep is obviously, I mean, Jeep is one of our halo brands. Absolutely. Right. And um, Wait, well, Ram, we have a lot of history. Ram isn't. I thought Ram was like, you know, I mean, Ram's yeah, original. But, but is, is Mopar, particularly since Ram used to be the Dodge Ram and Dodge and Mopar are almost synonymous oh, okay. outside once you get outside of our building, right? Well, the, the, so, it's the third selling best vehicle in America, the Ram 1500, right? Uh, something like that, yes. They've been doing very well. There's a lot of Ram people in the world. Uh, a lot of people that buy Ram parts and uh, like to lift and do crazy stuff. Wait, I want to. I want you guys to come up with a short little little two door truck with like a with a four or five foot bed. That would be so cool. Call it a Dakota. Oh, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> then stick, oh, sorry. <laughs> stick a giant thousand horsepower engine in it. There you go. Oh, that would be crazy. The Dakota Fent. Wait, Dakota Fent? Yeah, Dakota Fent. The, the Ellicota. Would it have been too much, Todd, to put a pink trunk as the logo for the, oh for the Helifant? <laughs> <laughs> Did I just call it Helifant? <laughs> See, I'm making up my own names now, too. Yeah. Uh, you, you, so basically, I can go to a, a Jeep dealership now and buy Jeep performance parts for my vehicle and make it crazy. Um, winches, yeah. you know, doors... And even the na what was the what was the nacho color? Was was that a real color or was it just something you did for SEMA? The nacho color. No, so that, that that actually was a real color, um, but there were very few of them made. It was just the very beginning of production, and uh, then it, for some reason they turned it off. I don't know why. Thank God. <laughs> Are you saying <laughs> nacho? Yeah, na nacho. Well, na nacho. 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 Depends what country nacho, you come from. Like, Are you being countryist now? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's making fun of my accent. He makes fun of everything else. <laughs> Todd's I do. backing you up, though. Todd's like, yeah, yeah, he said it right. Nacho, nacho. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> uh, uh, tell me, why why would you make a car that looked like cheese? <laughs> well, I don't know, but I'll tell you what. Um, it's basically a rolling catalog of the stuff that we have through Jeep Performance Parts. Right. Can we use everything a, on there? You can go out and buy today. Can we use a Scott Brown quote? Scott said, Brown, but you sure. have to explain who he is. Yeah, he's the, he's, he's the P West Coast PR manager for FCA products, which is Jeep, Ram, Dodge, Alfa Romeo. He said you put a, you put a good name like Nacho on it. It makes it more personable, you know. Makes yeah. it cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna buy it because I've been nacho. waiting all day to say that. <laughs> That's a cheesy color. I have a guacamole GTR, and now I just need a nacho Jeep. Well, didn't Lexus come out with the sriracha? Oh, the sriracha. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, oh, my yeah. God. This is a spicy garage. What is it with food and cars? What? I don't know. Did you, do you decide the colors, Todd? Do you decide the names for the colors, or is that like a whole department? No, the, no the, the designers and the folks in the brand figure out all of that stuff. I want to. I remember talking to my friend Davis Adams over at Honda, and he told me that he got to choose the name of a color. He was really excited. I think it was an accurate color, but isn't uh, it concrete? Well, the concrete one gray. I thought so. Um, yeah, it's probably the the nacho one. I want to find out who named. And then the funnier thing about that, it was it's kind of a cool. I mean, you guys had all the accessories on this vehicle, but. <laughs> 
But the little symbol is <laughs> nacho oh, chip. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's one. That's one that our design studio did. They they uh, put the little chip on there. So oh, cute. I just I don't know what it is, Todd. I I sit here and I'm I'm thinking like Thanksgiving, family sitting around. So how's work going, buddy? Got to design a logo for nacho cheese <laughs> Jeep this year. <laughs> it's like some, it's, it's like the guy that invented the the hot pocket song though. You ever seen that stand up yeah. from Jim Gaffigan? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got today, Jim? Uh, hot pockets. Oh no. The genius. The genius. Did 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 you ever did you ever get to name anything cool, Todd? Um, no, they don't let me do anything fun like that. <laughs> they just let me I talk about... Idea, I, I come up with the ideas for the products. I let other people handle the names. Um, do you have to come up with ideas for something that just doesn't inspire you? Uh, no, fortunately I don't. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, uh, I absolutely love everything that we do, whether it's a floor mat, because uh, we've come out with some really killer floor mats, uh, all the way up to our lift kits and even our... Elephant you are such a good PR guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to derail you here, Todd. <laughs> yeah, I, I love everything we do. <laughs> we make the most amazing nuts and bolts. <laughs> I, I will tell hey, you, I've never... best nacho colored... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only nacho uh, color at SEMA. I, I saw cabinets of parts I don't even understand at, at SEMA. <laughs> even in the FCA booth, too. I mean, you guys have a lot of uh, cool stuff that I want to bolt onto my truck or bolt onto my Jeep, but you also you have I don't I don't even know what half this stuff does. <laughs> you shouldn't be bolting anything on your truck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I even, think he needs a tour guide next year <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, Nick. Next time we'll give you a walk around of the whole place. My Get a brain, headset so my, that when you walk up, it yeah, tells you this like, is the differential. <laughs> like, no, I, I'm just telling you that there was there was. My brain was full by the end. By the end of the first, by by Monday night, my brain was full. Like I couldn't even saw so many knuckles and bearings. You didn't even know what to do. <laughs> no, the, I mean, how how do you guys like? I don't know. I can't even handle it right now. I can't handle it right now. There's so many parts that you could buy for your aftermarket uh, t to soup up your Wrangler. Um, how many how many parts do Mopar make? Uh, for the Wrangler specifically? No, just in general. Oh, yeah, we've got about uh, ten thousand accessories in our in our catalog right now. Name them, starting at the first one. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So uh, <laughs> just kidding, Todd. Okay, you got me. You finally got me. Yeah. <laughs> there would be, there would like, how long would that take you to name off all the parts that you guys make? Um, but the, at least, at least the cool part about it is that you probably make something that everybody's looking for, uh, in including some uh, parts for Jeep that I don't even have one. I wanted to buy them. You make a wide body, a wide body kit for the Wrangler? Uh, we make, we have, uh, we have uh, oversized fender flares for it. All right. Welcome to the new segment of our show, Test Todd. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to push Todd into answering questions that he doesn't know. So what are you making for the new Jeep Scrambler? What are you going to do for that when it comes out? The, the what? <laughs> See, Todd, he foiled me. Like Two I was, secrets <laughs> are just the worst secrets in the world.
the and it's, yeah. and it's the <laughs> sheep scrambler. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have zebra. to have him come back just so that we can finish the SEMA segment. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> told you we would finish it. Ryan called it before we even started. He's like. He, do you see the amount of stuff that Jen wrote on this vehicle? Is pages. There's this no was way. just what you guys had at SEMA. She just labeled everything you guys had at SEMA. It's just a ridiculous ninth consecutive <laughs> SEMA 4x4 SUV of the year award for the Wrangler. The three Mopar trucks. Dodge announced the 1320 Club. You're just you're reading I'm now. I'm thorough. You're, you're reading now. <laughs> Ryan's cheating, Todd. He's just reading off the paper. Wait a second. That's all right. Makes my job easier. Uh, do, do you uh, do you have a list of cool stuff that you uh, that you showed off at SEMA somewhere we could go read it at Mopar.com? Uh, yeah, you know I'll have our guys get a, get in touch with some of the highlights. But uh, <laughs> I have a guy call you. He'll talk to you yeah. about some of the cool stuff. I was trying to be. Uh, no, I mean this was the first time we had a chance to show off the JL. We we teased it last year when we were there, and uh, to have all the parts there in the flesh this year was great. It was then, nice to course, see the. It was nice to see the cabinets full of parts. Of these yeah. vehicles that that you know you could stock out your you could take your stock vehicle and and kit it out, um, and then you actually built some of these vehicles apart from the Nacho one the the cool tube doors tube doors seems to be really hot right now on yeah. uh, on the jail. Yeah, and you know they've made the doors so easy to take off on that thing now. Um, you know a lot more people are experimenting with with different kinds of doors. What about the windshield? Can uh, now you can just use forward bolts to fold the windshield down. Uh, people use accessorizing that now. Um, yeah, I don't know about accessorizing, but I have been seeing obviously uh, around uh, Detroit here. We got a lot of people that are driving Wranglers. And we see a lot of people with the windows down. You never saw that on the old Wrangler. I took a, a one of the new Wranglers and I drove it from Chicago to Milwaukee to Indianapolis back to Chicago and. Man, when you drive it on the freeway, that thing is quiet. It's yeah. really quiet. So I have a question for you. What is your number one sold to, uh, part for Mopar? Um, locking lug nuts. Oh, people don't want those nice. You're going to spend money on don't wheels. Don't want their nice wheels stolen. Yeah. But we do a lot of those, followed very closely by all-weather floor mats. And what's... Oh yeah. I was going to ask you, but we're running out of time. What state you send sell the most locking lug nuts in? <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would be a downside. Todd, I think we probably need to book time with you and continue this cons conversation yeah, because with it. there's uh, way too much to talk about. Uh, Todd Bedick is from uh, FCA, and you're listening to our auto expert. He told us about Mopar. More can be learned online, twenty four seven.